It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by Chris Dell, the mad journalist, fantasy football guru, prop, prop player guru. You guys can find him on Twitter at madjournalist, M-A-D-D, journalist. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Chris, here we go. NFL Week 13 Money Picks Pod. So we go through our player props, DFS stuff, season long. You go ahead and tell everybody who to go ahead and start. Sit. We'll go ahead and we'll give out a slew of player props for this week. Let's go ahead and start out here, Chris, with the Saints and the Falcons. Saints going to be minus two and a half, total 46. I'll go ahead. I'll give you, give you my play here. I'll keep it simple. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Taysom Hill to go ahead and score a touchdown in this game, plus 110. You know, this is pretty much what Taysom Hill does. He pretty much just runs the ball. And I don't think that's going to change here, you know, with the Falcons playing. Hill, he's had two touchdowns in the last two games. I think he'll certainly find the end zone in this one. Now, as far as the Falcons go, Chris, I'm going to go. I'm going to play Matt Ryan to throw an interception. Yes, minus 140. Ryan has thrown a pick in four straight games. And we know the Saints, you know, that they're, you know, they're going to be pretty tough against the rush here. So I, I'm assuming that the Falcons are going to have to go ahead and throw Falcons got a bunch of guys that are banged up. Gurley not 100%, Julio not 100%, and I think that's going to end up you know, having Ryan probably forcing the ball in this one. So I believe he will go ahead and get picked off in this one. Those are the two plays I got. What are you thinking about for the Saints and Falcons? Yeah, so the one thing I'm noticing, Sleepy, when you look at the props here is uh, we're, we're essentially looking at it, uh, you know, probably probably the closest thing to a 50-50 split you can get in Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. And the fact that Alvin Kamara's rushing prop line is set at 58 and a half and Murray's is set at 42 and a half. I think you're getting massive value on Latavius Murray, uh, possibly playing the over on his rushing yards. That wasn't a play that coming into this week I was looking to make because I mentioned on our, uh, on our week 13 preview pod that the Falcons are a top 10 uh, run DVOA defense. They're very, they're very good at stopping the run. They have been all season. However, you look at the Saints, you know, this is a run-centric offense, very similar with Taysom Hill under center to what the Ravens did last year, running the ball effectively with multiple running backs in addition to the quarterback. And we're seeing Murray uh, out-snap and out-carry Kamara, who has seen all of his receiving work vanish. So Kamara, you want, I have him as a low-end RB2. There are a lot of guys this week I would start over Alvin Kamara in fantasy. If he's not getting the touchdowns near the goal line, uh, then he's really going to sink your lineup this week. So I think there's tons of value on Latavius Murray. Uh, and then I've been, ha- I've had my eye personally on Calvin Ridley. I-, I like Calvin Ridley's over on receiving yards in this game. Sleepy, you look at the last time these two teams played just a few weeks ago, Calvin Ridley had nine targets, turned that into five catches for 90 yards. Right now, Calvin Ridley's receiving line is set at only 64 and a half. And whether or not Julio Jones is fully healthy for this game or not, it's looking like he's going to give it a go. Uh, this is a Saints secondary we've been able to pick on all season and you look at Calvin Ridley, I mean, in all the games he's been healthy for this season and last year, I'll, I'll make sure to write up the numbers in my player props column, but he's, he's, he's exceeded this number with ease almost week in and week out. So I really like Calvin Ridley. I've liked him since earlier in the week. And you look at just you know what he's been able to do in terms of uh, the Saints are going to be without Janoris Jenkins. So Marshawn Lattimore, he's going to have to pick and choose whether to cover Julio or Ridley. We're not going to get Lattimore shadow coverage. Even if we did, I would still like this play. So I'm going to take Calvin Ridley as my number one play over 64 and a half receiving yards. I might be looking towards a double dip prop over four and a half catches. You get a little bit of extra juice on that. Uh, and I think, again, uh, Latavius Murray is going to be in consideration for my player props column over 42 and a half rushing yards. 
All right, good stuff on that game. Let's jump over to the Lions at the Bears. Bears are going to be minus three, total 44 and a half. Here's what I'll do, Chris. I'll go with Hawkinson to go ahead and score a touchdown. And I, I think really what drew me in here was the price, plus 240. You know, he hasn't found the end zone now in three straight games, but I think with Galladay out, you know, Hall, Hawkinson has been looked for, you know, with, with Galladay out uh, quite a bit in the last few games. So I'll go ahead. I'll pizza bet that one. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take a shot here, Chris, with, you know, a guy that you and I have beat up, you know, pretty much quite a bit in the beginning of the season was David Montgomery. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him to go ahead and rush over 61 and a half rushing yards. We know the Lions defense. You know, it's terrible when it comes to against the rush. And Trubisky, you know, if he's going to turn the ball over like a machine again, I I, I mean, you got to go back to last week. He, that was one of the things that they kind of relied on at, at a certain point was let's give it to Montgomery once Mitch started to turn the ball over. So I think Nagy probably takes the ball out of Mitch's hands a little bit in this game. And I think more than likely Montgomery's probably going to end up being the beneficiary. So I'll go ahead. I'll take a flyer on Montgomery over the 61 and a half rushing yards. And as I mentioned, I'll go ahead. I'll play Hawkinson to go ahead and score a touchdown at plus 240. What are you thinking about for the Lions and Bears? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100% on Dave Montgomery. And the fact that, you know, he missed that game with a concussion. It might have been two games. I have to double check on that. But he looked re-energized against the Packers. And the fact that the Bears trailed for a majority, pretty much the entire game by multiple scores, uh, he still was able to put up over 100 yards from scrimmage and on the ground as well. So, you know, he looked re-energized in that matchup, you know, season high in rushing yards, 103 yards per carry, yards per, uh, from scrimmage, and also just in terms of playing time and overall snaps. And then you add the fact that Detroit is 31st in total yards allowed per game to running backs. They're allowing 165-plus yards to running backs. So I would even look to see what the prop would be for Dave Montgomery on overall rushing and receiving because he's essentially the only running back that's getting work in the receiving game as well. I mean, Cordero Patterson is going to come in, maybe get five touches max in this game. So I, I, I'm with you on that. And you look at week one all the way back then, uh, at, you know, Alan, uh, sorry, uh, David Montgomery, he had over that number in terms of rushing yards in that matchup as well. So over 61 and a half uh, in a better game script, I think, because the Lions are going to be without DeAndre Swift. If he does play, he hasn't been officially ruled out, but they're saying he's going to be limited. He's been dealing with some type of non-COVID illness. Also, I've uh, been dealing with some ramifications from his concussion. So all those things point to Bears at home. Trubisky plays great against the Lions historically throughout his career. I think that means positive game script here for the Bears for Montgomery to easily clear that total. And then also Sleepy, I'm going to look to Allen Robinson in this game. He's a guy we've cashed a lot of tickets on uh, this year as well. I'm not seeing a line for him receiving yards-wise uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, but my guess is that it's going to be set somewhere probably in the, the mid-70s. Uh, but he's a guy in his last three career games – uh, against the Lions that's been easily able to clear that number here. So Allen Robinson, uh, you know, no matter whether it's Foles or Trubisky, uh, the, the Bears quarterbacks are averaging a 90-plus QBR just targeting Allen Robinson compared to less than 75 to all of the receivers in that offense. It's looking like they don't have any lines in general on FanDuel either. So wait to see what that line is. I would easily play that over 75 receiving yards, probably play Allen Robinson up to about 80 receiving yards in this game as well. All right, solid stuff on that one. Uh, before we keep going here, Chris, there, the, the Pittsburgh game was moved to, looks like Monday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to skip that. We're pretty much just going to do the main slate stuff here. Let's jump over to the Browns and the Titans. Titans are going to be home favorites here, minus five and a half, total 53. You know, I was looking for Chris. I was looking for Jarvis Landry receptions. Could not find that. But I did find his yardage over, and it was 65 and a half. 
I think that might be worth a pizza bet here. You know, I like Andrew. I, I, I kind of like him to go ahead and, and get in the end zone here. I think it was like plus 145 for Landry to go ahead and score a touchdown. We know that Titans pass defense is rather poor, and Mayfield's really been looking in Landry's direction, you know, quite a bit lately. But I will go ahead and I'll play Derrick Henry to go over his rushing yards as well, 95 and a half rushing yards. Uh, this guy just gets stronger and stronger uh, as the games go by, and it's clear, you know, the Titans are winning games by giving him the ball. So I don't see any reason why, you know, we go ahead and expect him to go ahead and have any type of a, a reduction here in, in carries, at least for this game. Uh, Henry's going to eat. I, I don't think it matters who he plays. So I'll go ahead. I'll make those three wagers. I'll play small Landry over rushing or receiving yard 65 and a half. I'll play Landry to score a touchdown. I'm pretty sure that was plus 145 and I'll play. Derrick Henry over 95 and a half rushing yards. What do you got for that one? Oh, man. Derrick Henry, what a beast, man. I typically will never play a rushing prop over 100. I'm seeing him on FanDuel at 100.5 rushing yards, but he's hit that number now in three straight weeks. And you know you're only getting stronger with Derrick Henry as we move into the month of December. People call it Dehember just because he literally just dominates this month, year in and year out, whether it's just real life football or fantasy football as well. So, uh, I can't argue with you on that one. I probably just won't play it personally because it's just too high for me. But uh, A.J. Brown's a guy I've been targeting all week in this game. I mean, he he's a guy who, who's getting it done not on uh, volume necessarily, but on efficiency. And this is probably the best matchup the Titans have had in terms of an opposing secondary in quite a while. So I really like A.J. Brown, even though the number's been propped up a little bit since last week. It's at 71.5 on uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. I- I'm going to take the over on A.J. Brown. Uh, I think that he will get more volume than usual. And as you see uh, Derrick Henry just continue to dominate, this is only going to be beneficial as well towards Ryan Tannehill and the pass catchers in this offense because the better Henry is, the more teams are going to stack the box. And Tannehill has proven that when he gets a stacked box, he can be efficient through the air. So Brown's pass funnel defense, I think that even if even if Derrick Henry runs rough shot over Cleveland in this game, I like the pass catchers for Tennessee to put in some work as well. So A.J. Brown, over 71 and a half receiving yards. That's something I've had circled all week sleepy. And then in, in terms of Cleveland side, uh, I'm with you on Jarvis Landry. I think he does have a great matchup in this game as well. And, and just overall for Jarvis Landry, he, he has been operating as the number one receiver. However, he still is not playing a full uh, uh, allotment of snaps. He's right around that 67% to 70% uh, snap mark. So I do want to see his, his playing time go up a little bit to make me feel more confident. Uh, but with the matchup considered and, and with the high point total, I, I'm not going to disagree with that play either. So um, the, the one thing I will throw in there is that the Titans recently traded a few weeks back for Desmond King from the Chargers. And he plays he basically covers the slot. He's a pro bowler from two years ago. So the matchup will be a little bit tougher for Jarvis Landry in this game, uh, which is why uh, I probably will shy away from him making my official player props column. Uh, but I think he still is a great play in fantasy. And I think this could be a nice stackable game in DFS uh, in tournaments this weekend as well. All right, solid stuff on that game. Let's jump over to the Bengals and the Dolphins here, Chris. You know, I was looking for Devontae Parker props, and I couldn't find any. None at DraftKings, none at FanDuel. So I'm not going to go ahead and play anything in this game. The Dolphins are minus 10.5, total 42.5. I, I can't trust anything with the Bengals right now, and I'm just going to particularly wait for Parker props because I think I'm probably going to end up probably more than likely playing him uh, over receptions, over yardage, maybe even go ahead and play him uh, to go ahead and get a touchdown. What are you thinking about for the Bengals and Dolphins game? Yeah, this is the same thing, Sleepy. There's a lot of question marks up in the air. Um, right now, as I saw earlier today, it's uh, Salvin Ahmed has been ruled out. 
Uh, DeAndre Washington's been officially ruled as either doubtful or out. Um, so, and, and Gaskin still hasn't been taken off the IR, even though he still could draw the start in this game. So uh, there's a possibility that the only running backs left on the depth chart for Miami this week could be Patrick Laird and then uh, running back slash wide receiver Lynn Bowden. So uh, it, th- this is why you're not going to see a lot of a pro- lot of props on the board for this game right now as we're recording here, you know, late Friday night. So it, it's wait and see because I'm 100% with you. I mean, the volume that De- Devontae Parker's getting with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center is just enormous, and, and he's going to benefit from no two attack of Iloa being in there. So just keep your eye out, you know, in there. Uh, Devontae Parker, I mentioned this again on, on the preview pod we did Wednesday night. He had a season-high 14 targets, turned that into 119 yards against the Jets. The matchup is pretty similar against Cincinnati. There's no one we're worried about on that defense that's going to slow Devontae Parker down. Um, so I, I just think wait for the numbers to come out on Parker. My guess is that it'll probably be in the high 60s, maybe even low 70s. Similar to Robinson, as I mentioned earlier, I, I'd probably definitely play Parker uh, over 75 and, and probably play it close to 78, 79, close to 80 in this matchup. All right, good stuff on that one. I want to jump over to the Jaguars and the Vikings. Jaguars, uh, they're going to be a big underdog in this one. Vikings are going to be minus 10 here at home, total 51. I'm going to make this one short and sweet, Chris. Minshew's going to be out. It'll be Glennon again here for the Jaguars. I like what I see from this Jaguars offense in terms of you know getting Robinson the ball. I think he'll certainly get the ball in this game. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him to go ahead and score a touchdown at plus 115. But also what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw a little bit of pizza money on Robinson to go ahead and score two touchdowns. I think that was like four to one. I just think he just gets too much volume in this game. And I'll go ahead. I'll make those two wagers. As far as the Vikings are concerned, I wanted to go ahead and look at Dalvin Cook. And I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling this game could turn into a blowout. And there's a chance that, you know, the Vikings are looking for bigger, bigger and better things. Maybe he won't get all those late game rushes. I don't know. I'm just I'm a little worried right now with with the Vikings being such big favorites that, you know, there might be a large amount of guys in this game that maybe we do target that actually end up going under the total. So I'm going to avoid some of the Vikings guys, at least for tonight. I'll think a little bit about that. But I do like Robinson to get in the end zone. I like him to get in there at least once, but I think there's a good shot. He gets in there twice. What do you think for the Jags and Vikes? Uh, yeah, sleepy. So it's interesting points you bring up with Dalvin cook, because I've got, I'm in a league right now where I'm six and six. and I essentially need to win in week 13 in order to make the playoffs. Uh, and I have Dalvin cook. He was my number one pick. Um, and I'm a little concerned, even if there's positive game script throughout this contest, because if he's a little banged up coming into this game and the Vikings just cruise to a victory, then I'm going to guess that they try to ease the workload on him as opposed to if he's fully healthy, you might see him get northward of like 30 touches or carries in a game like this. So, uh, you know, you have to start Dalvin Cook if he's on your fantasy team unless – I just can't see a situation where you couldn't, where you'd have better options than him. But uh, it does draw a little caution to me to play any overs on his rushing props. However, where I'm going to look sleepy is two places. And you mentioned Mike Glennon. And last week, going into Glennon's first start, I started looking up, like, okay, what does this guy tend to do when he's under under center as a starter? Because we hadn't seen it in a while. And I look back to last time he started, which was in Chicago. And, you know, he checked down a lot to the running backs. And granted that, that the Bears had Tariq Cohen when Glennon was starting at quarterback, but he was also throwing the ball to Jordan Howard and other guys in that rotation. And you saw James Robinson last week. I believe he had five catches on six targets in that game. So he benefited from that as well. And now that we've seen that Glennon transferred those tendencies from Chicago 
over to Jacksonville, and we know James Robinson's going to be involved, as opposed to Jake Luton, who didn't like the check down to the running back. So I'm looking right now, if you look at James Robinson, the thing that I'm interested in here is that his receptions prop is three and a half, and it's minus 137. So I'm like, okay, so the books obviously know what's going on here. But then you look to his receiving yards prop, and his receiving yards prop is 25 and a half at minus 112 on DraftKings. So I would definitely, most certainly, I'm, I'm getting better juice, and I think I'm getting a better chance to just win this bet. I'm going to go to the receiving yards on James Robinson at 25 and a half. I could see a lot of dump off passes in this game, except especially if the Jaguars are playing in comeback mode against the Vikings at any point in this matchup here. So I like that, Sleepy. And then the fact that you look at the Jaguars' opponents, you would think that teams are just gashing them on the ground. That's actually not true. Teams are destroying this team through the air. And Baker Mayfield had one of his best games of the season playing against Jacksonville recently. So given the injury to uh, to Dalvin Cook, him coming in a little bit hobbled, I think they just lean on Kirk Cousins like they have basically this last entire month. And Kirk Cousins, he's been a top-five fantasy quarterback, if you can believe that over the last three to four weeks here, you look at Kirk Cousins, what he's done through the air, Sleepy. I mean, the last three weeks, he has 307 yards, 314 yards, 292 yards. So given the matchup, given the Cook situation, I actually like Kirk Cousins in this game. I usually don't play many quarterback props. I like him over 262 and a half passing yards. And I got to look into a little bit more, but just looking at the line on DraftKings, I would also be interested in playing Kirk Cousins over 21, 21 and a half completions. Again, these are two numbers that he's beaten now in three consecutive weeks, and I think the matchup works up very nice for this passing game in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't hate the Cousins play. I think the fact that you know Minnesota was in a predicament where it was like, we need to go ahead and start running the ball in order to win games because Cousins just wasn't getting it done. But these are the games where they have to go ahead you know, and get him the reps because let's say they do make the playoffs or they're challenging. You know, they're going to need Cousins at some point to go ahead and be able to throw the football and I certainly think that this is one of those opportunities, you know, to go ahead and get him reps. And he has looked good, as you had mentioned. You know, he talked about receiving yards for a particular guy. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play receiving yards for a particular guy in this game. Raiders at the Jets. Jets going to be plus eight underdogs here at home. Total 46 and a half. I'm just going to make it easy, Chris. I'm taking Nelson Aguilar over his receiving yards. I mentioned in our Wednesday podcast, it's going to be 39 and a half over. I, I don't see any way that the Jets stop him. And I think that Carr is going to come into this game, you know, a little bit pissed off, you know, the way that the Raiders performed last time. I think it's a, it's kind of maybe one of my stronger prop plays probably of the last couple of weeks. So I'm just going to make it short and sweet. Aguilar over 39 and a half receiving yards. That's what I got for that. And what are you thinking about for Raiders and Jets? I, mean, I think that's a solid play. I mean, Ruggs was involved last week as well. I believe he had a season high in targets, although it was only five, but it's good that they're getting him involved too. Uh, And this is a matchup where you attack through the air. And then you add to the fact that Josh Jacobs has been officially ruled out for this game. He's not even traveling with the team, I believe, for this matchup. And it's going to be the Devontae Booker show. And, you know, I don't need to sit here and tell you, oh, go pick up Devontae Booker off waivers. I had him number one in our waiver wire rankings heading into the week. Uh, I also mentioned him on our hunting the waiver wire column. Well, we're all basically right up the top, you know, 60, 70 players who are available in less than a third of the ESPN league. So if you're in deeper, more competitive leagues, that'll be helpful for you to use as a guide for making your pickups. But having said all that, Sleepy, uh, I I do like that play. Uh, I wouldn't hate plays on Ruggs and Aguilar because of the matchup. And you're looking at Aguilar 39 and a half. Well, Henry Ruggs is 29 and a half. And this is a get right spot for this Raiders offense after they were just completely embarrassed by the Falcons. But 
the interesting, the interesting thing that I don't think many people are talking about is it's easy to say, oh, the Raiders look terrible. Their offense was bad. They actually were moving the ball in that game. But Derek Carr lost three fumbles. Like, what are you going to do when your quarterback turns it over four times in a game and fumbles it away three times? You know, you can only be so efficient on offense until the turnovers just sink you. So uh, having said that, he still threw the ball halfway decent last week. And those two guys, I think, are going to be the primary beneficiaries. In addition to Hunter Renfro, I'm not seeing any uh, receiving props sleepy on Hunter Renfro on FanDuel. I'm not even seeing any receiving props, period, for this game on on DraftKings. So I'm looking at FanDuel right now. Uh, But the play that I'm interested in personally is uh, Denzel Mims. I I think that he's going to be one of my favorite uh, GPP tournament options on DraftKings this week. This guy has been top five in the NFL in air yards over the last three weeks. And we've talked about the Raiders having a great matchup through the air. The Jets have a great matchup through the air against the Raiders secondary as well in this game. So Mims is a rookie that's been coming on. He has three straight games now with at least eight targets, has at least 62 yards in each of those three games. So I'm guessing that this line is going to be set way too low. I'm going to guess the books are going to set this around like the mid 40s. Uh, and I would play Denzel Mims over 50 receiving yards, probably even close to about 55. Um, and, and he's going to get he's going to be lined up against Damon Arnett who had a concussion last week, or Isaiah Johnson, two very beatable cornerbacks uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, Mims, I don't think Perriman's a bad play either. So I I like the top two receivers for the Raiders, as you mentioned, Aguilar. And then I think Perriman and Mims are also in great spots in this matchup. All right, good stuff on that game. Let's jump over to the Colts and the Texans. I got a best bet in this one, Chris, which I normally don't give out on our podcast, but I really like one in here. Colts minus three and a half, total 51. And I think we're getting a really good price. Deshaun Watson to go ahead and throw an interception at minus 112. Now, look, Watson, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He only has like five on the year, and he hasn't seen this Colts team yet. But I think the fact that Will Fuller's out and they have a limited backfield, it kind of just puts Watson in, in a position where I have to try to make something happen. It doesn't matter what quarterback you are. I don't care if it's Rodgers, Brady, whoever it is. When you try to have to make something happen, bad things end up happening. And I think this is probably one of the best wagers that I'm in that making this entire weekend. Deshaun Watson to go ahead and throw an interception. Call it what you want. I just think it's a great, great wager. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you that. I don't want anything to do with any of the Colts guys. I know Rivers was banged up, but I'm going to give you guys that one as my best bet for this podcast. Deshaun Watson to go ahead and throw an interception minus 112. What are you thinking about for the Colts and Texans? Yeah, well, he, in the two games he played against the Colts last year, he threw three interceptions in those games, Sleepy. So I actually, that's a that's, that's a really solid play right there. I do like that. I might bet that myself as well. Uh, that might be your bonus best bet prop for the player props column on bettingpredators.com. So we'll see about that. But um, yeah, man, uh, it, it's going to be tough sledding for Watson. I mean, I still have him as a top 10 ranked quarterback in fantasy going into this week, but uh, it, it's, it's a lot lower than the top five. We typically seen him ranked that week in and week out. Um, and this is the thing with the Colts is that Jordan Wilkins is still listed as questionable. Uh, it looked like earlier in the week that he was trending towards not playing, but now it looks like he, he might actually have a chance to suit up. Um, so in that case, like Naheem Hines, 22 and a half rushing yards in a very plus matchup for the Colts on the ground against this really bad Texas, Texans run defense here. Uh, I, I think that would be a very solid play to take advantage of the value there. But if all three running backs are going to be back there and it's like a hot hand approach, it makes me a little iffy about trying to bank too much on, on guessing who's going to get the usage uh, in this game here, Sleepy. So I, I don't know. Well, let's wait and see what, what the status of Jordan Wilkins is. And if he somehow is ruled out, uh, try to jump on that Naheem Hines 22 and a half rushing yards prop if you can, because I guarantee you that'll be raised 
by at least 10 to 15 yards uh, if that does happen. So uh, other than that, this is kind of like for me personally, sleep it's like a wait and see situation. Like what does this Texans uh, offense look like without Will Fuller? And yeah, we know Brandon Cooks is going to get the volume, but how efficient will he be with no one else to take attention away from him on the opposite side of the field? Uh, Kiki QT playing the slot. Jordan Aikens, the tight end, he might play a little bit of slot as well. Uh, they have the rookie Isaiah Coulter, who impressed a lot of people in the preseason. He hasn't done anything this year, hasn't gotten any playing time. So uh, let, let's wait and see how this situation plays out. I, I like the Colts. I gave it out as my best bet, minus three. I mean, they might make they might make your Chiefs play of the week, but the fact that the Texans have no Bradley Roby, no Will Fuller, uh, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to compete very well in, in this game here. So uh, it's just a prop situation where a lot of situations are unclear to me, so I'm not going to be giving out any picks for props in this game. All right, good stuff on that game there. Let's go ahead and jump over to Rams at Cardinals. Rams going to be minus three, total 48. I don't have a strong play in this one, Chris, but I think that more than likely maybe Woods will be lined up on Ramsey. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Cup to go over five and a half catches. I don't really like anything particularly in this game. The Rams, I mean, they've kind of been letting me down in everything I've done with the Cardinals, uh, you know, betting on them, betting against them, betting props on them, Chase Edmond props, this, that, and the other. It's like I'm a week late all the time. So I'm just going to make it short and sweet. I'll take Cooper Cup pizza bet. You know, over the five and a half catches, it's minus one thirty. I'm just gonna kind of just take a shot with that one. I guess maybe more than anything, maybe have a little bit of action in that Rams game. But how you feeling about the Rams and Cardinals? Yes, yeah, so this is a situation I wanted to bring up with you. We we talked about on the on the week eleven, uh, week thirteen preview fight. Excuse me, that I was gonna look towards uh, Kyler Murray under rushing again, and you had brought up, you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that and go back to the well. Uh, because he might need to run in this game. And I agree with you. I think he will need to run, but I just haven't seen any indication that the Cardinals are willing to sacrifice their franchise player for the sake of a single regular season win, especially given the fact that the Cardinals are already exceeding expectations this year. I mean, people thought they would be competitive, but sitting at six and five, you know, yeah, they're two games out of first place in the division, but you know, with the extra wild card spot, even if they lose this game, they're still going to have a, a, an outside shot at making the playoffs. So I just don't see them bringing back Kyler Murray and having him go full go on the ground, uh, you know, this soon after, you know, hurting his shoulder uh, two weeks ago against the Seahawks. So I will still lean towards Kyler Murray under. We've only played it one time and it cashed pretty easily for us last week. So uh, I, I, I don't think that he's I don't think I don't think he's going to risk himself because if he re-injures the shoulder, uh, by running the ball, it's not only going to hurt him running it, but it's also going to hurt him throwing. And he wasn't the most efficient quarterback throwing the ball uh, outside of that anyways. So it really worries me for Murray. I, it's, I'm in a situation, the league I mentioned where I'm in a must win, I've got Kyler Murray. I'm very afraid to start him at quarterback. I just don't know if I have the guts to play a Phillip Rivers off waivers over him or uh, a Matthew Stafford or one of those types of guys. So I'm probably going to stick it out tough it out with Kyler Murray, but I just can't see them letting him run the ball against a dangerous defense like the Rams here. So I'm going to, for now, I'm going to make it a lean because the number's really been reduced a lot compared to past weeks. I'm going to lean Kyler Murray under 40 and a half rushing yards and uh, everything else due to his injury is really up in the air for me. So I don't really have any strong plays on this game. All right, let's jump over to the Giants at the Seahawks. Seahawks, big favorites here, minus 11, total 47 and a half. It looks like Daniel Jones is going to be a no-go. So if that's the case, I'm going to go ahead and play Wayne Gallman to go ahead and get in the end zone uh, at plus 115. I feel pretty good about that. I mean, Gallman really, you know, he's been one of the, the the main wheels now for this Giants 
for this Giants offense. I mean, I think Seattle could probably do, you know, pretty much anything that they want in this game. I didn't look at, at Gallman's rushing yards over 53 and a half. I think that's fair too as well. Maybe I'll go ahead and throw a pizza bet on that. I think Gallman has a pretty good game today. I think Gallman will end up having a good game on Sunday. So that's what I'll do. I'll take Gallman over his rush yards. I'll take Gallman to go ahead and score a touchdown. What are you thinking about for Giants and Seahawks? Yeah, Sleepy, what, what did you say the rushing yards uh, prop is on Gallman right now? 53 and a half. 53 and a half. Um I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to make a pizza bet against you. I'm, I'm going to take the under on Wayne Gallman's rushing yards. Uh, no, no Daniel Jones in this game. We have Colt McCoy playing, and uh, I just don't think the Giants can score on this Seahawks defense. Ever since they traded for Carlos Dunlap, they, they, they've been playing at a, at a borderline elite level, and their, de- their run defense has been tremendous. I mean, you know, we saw people saying, hey, where's Miles Sanders last week? And he got absolutely nothing going on the ground against them in that primetime matchup. So, I do think Wayne Gallman will get a decent amount of work in this game, but uh, I, I just I see game script playing in Seattle's favor, and I, I don't see the Giants being able to stick it on the ground very much. So I, I would look to actually Wayne Gallman to see what his receiving props would be. But here's the thing is that I, I know with Daniel Jones that he would be willing to dump down a little bit here and a little bit there to a guy like Gallman, but uh, we don't know what Cole McCoy is going to do. We don't know his, what his tendencies are going to be because we haven't seen him play quarterback in a while in the NFL, especially in this offense. So – I'm going to shy away from a lot of that stuff there, but I do like DK Metcalf. I like him over 74 and a half. Uh, I, you know, I, I went away from what my, from my formula has been working every, every week this year is like, if you see DK under 80 yards, play the over last week, I was like, ah, you know what? I think it's, I think it's a Tyler Lockett game. Uh, Darius Slay's out there. And we saw DK Metcalf just almost like forced Darius Slay into retirement. He absolutely dominated that guy. DK Metcalf led the league in air yards outside of Tyree kill this past week. So, I'm going to play DK Metcalf over 74 and a half. And then I'm going to play a pizza bet against you. I'm going to go Wayne Gallman under 53 and a half rushing yards. All right, we'll go ahead. We'll take that pizza bet. You know what? I think you win that bet, Chris, if McCoy just simply just can't move the chains. And there's, I mean, there's a decent chance that that could happen. But I think if the chains do get moved here against Seattle, that more than likely Gallman probably is going to get the necessary volume to go in and go over. So I have a feeling it's going to come down to, you know, if McCoy can actually move the chains. And if he can't, then you're probably right. And I think that, you know, if he can, you know, more than a few times, you know, if they're like one for 12 on third down, I'm probably going to end up being dead. But I think maybe if he can hit 40% of those third downs, I think there's a decent chance. Let's jump over to a big game. This is the one I'm most interested in. Eagles at Packers. Packers are going to be minus nine, total 48 and a half. I'm going to stick with exactly what I said on Wednesday. I'm going to go ahead and play Alan Lazard over his receiving yards, 42 and a half. You know, you're going to have Slay. More than likely, Slay will probably end up playing against Adams. But I think Lazard is going to be matched up here more than likely against Maddox, and Maddox is absolutely terrible. One thing that I know about Rodgers, and look, if it's Adams on a on a terrible corner, he's just going to feed him and feed him. But I know Lazard is going to be probably on the worst corner uh, more than on this Eagles team, but probably like in the entire NFC East. Uh, Maddox is just brutal, and if that's the guy that, that's going to try to line up here uh, against Lazard or Valdez Scantling, for that matter, if you can find a live player prop, whoever's lined up on Maddox, Rodgers is going to know that he's going to see that he's going to attack that, and whoever that wide receiver is, is going to end up going over. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll play Alan Lazard over forty-two and a half. I feel comfortable with that, even if he's not on Maddox. Maybe I'll look at Scantling live if that's you know the way the matchup goes. But I'm looking for those two guys to go over the receiving yards. I don't have any problem with 
with Adams going over, but his his total was like really high. I think it was like 90, 93. So uh, that's what I'll do in that game. What do you think in Eagles and Packers? Yeah, I mean, you know, Adams is locked in top one or two receiver every single week in fantasy. That's not the question here, but I agree with you. That that receiving yards prop is way too rich for my blood. I'm seeing 93 and a half at FanDuel Sportsbook right now. So I agree with you. I think that the the you know the secondary options, you know, in this passing game are definitely going to benefit from this matchup here. And well, you know, the the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are still a pretty tough run defense. So I'm gonna I think it's gonna be kind of tough sledding here. Uh, you know, for the the Packers to run the ball in this game. But the question is, is like how long can Philly keep up in this game, Sleepy? Because you mentioned the offensive line issues on our preview pod, and, and that and that's a glaring issue in this matchup, and that's keeping them from being competitive uh in, in a lot of these on a lot of these games here. And I'm I'm just gonna tack on the 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 kind of dive a little bit deeper into the issues this team is having. This week in week 13 against the Packers, the Eagles are gonna be starting their 11th different offensive line combination so I mean and then you're going up against the Darius Smith on the other side he ranks number four among edge rushers uh and then QB knockdowns uh pressure rate amongst edge rushers this guy's at the top of the board almost everywhere the Eagles on the other hand their offensive line is near the bottom of the NFL in pressure percentage given up QB hits given up sacks given up so you know some of the sacks that maybe that's on Wentz for holding the ball too long but either way I think you're looking at a lot of sacks in this game again for the Packers here. I got their defense ranked as a top five unit in fantasy, and I think they're a great uh, DFS option because you could see a possible pick six. You could see uh, strip sack fumbles against Wentz. Um, I was going to look towards Miles Sanders rushing because I think he has a great matchup. You know, having said everything here, if the Eagles have any success, it's going to be on the ground. But I think 70 and a half is, is set a little bit too high for me to play. I don't think there's really any value on that number. Although I think Sanders could have a really good day on the ground. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts here. Sleepy. I, I definitely like your, your call on Lazard. I knew he was banged up towards the end of that game last week. And that, that kind of hesitated me from, from giving him out early, but uh, if he's a full go in this game, I definitely like him as well uh, on the Eagles side. The only guy I'll play in the passing game and I'll look to for now, for now and do a little more research on is Dallas Goddard. He's emerged as like the clear number one receiving threat uh, in that offense here. So I just think you look at what Goddard's been doing these last couple of weeks. He's making it easier for Carson Wentz to complete passes. And uh, it's just, I got him ranked as a number two option in fantasy this week for tight end. So 45 and a half receiving yards to me might be a little bit of a soft number for a guy like Dallas Goddard, who could also rack, rack up some extra yards and catches in garbage time. So if anything on Philly, I'll look towards playing Goddard over, but I can't trust anything else in that offense. Yeah, that Philly offensive line is just, it's an absolute mess. But I like your Goddard play. As you were saying, I'm saying in my head, it's going to end up being Goddard that he's going to go to. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the injuries. And then it seems like Fulgram has fallen off a little bit. And it seems like Greg Ward has fallen off a little bit. So obviously, you know, as you mentioned, Goddard, number one target. Um, I think I think that's certainly the way to go. Let's jump over to the Patriots and the Chargers here. Chris, this will be our final game of the podcast. Pats at Chargers. Chargers minus one, total 47 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Austin Eckler to go ahead and score a touchdown. Here's the thing, Chris. If you look at his rushing yards, they're close to 60 and his receiving yards are close to 40. So you're getting close to 100 yards. And typically when you get a running back who is lined like near 100 yards gain, um, typically you're going to see a touchdown prop that's that's actually quite quite a bit lower than what it is here. You can get Eckler at plus 115. Now, I know he didn't get like his full 100% go, but I was I was actually optimistic, you know, the, the way that they were looking at, you know, using him last week. I was like, wow, you know, they, they seem like 
you know, they were waiting for him to get back on the field, and they used him quite a bit. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll play Eckler to go ahead and score a touchdown in this one. Glad to see him back on the field. How are you feeling about that Page Chargers game? Yeah, I mean, I, if you're getting plus money for Austin Eckler, I don't, I don't think that's a bad, you know, kind of pizza bet to make. I, it's, you know, I, I talk about all the time in terms of fantasy that, that touchdowns can be so fluky week to week, but you, you mentioned it. I mean, the workload that this guy's getting it is just elite on another level compared to any other running back in the league. I mean, even a Derrick Henry, you know, he's not seeing 14 targets a game like Austin Eckler is. So whether or not Kalen Balazs, he, he got a full practice in on Friday. I think he's going to be back, but at minimal, he's going to play a more of a change of pace role. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll see Joshua Kelly or Balazs sneak in at the goal line. But even then, I think Austin Eckler, he dominated the inside the five snaps last week in his first game back from injury. So I love Eckler. I've got him ranked as the number two overall running back this week outside of Der- outside of Derrick Henry. So I'm very high on Eckler. The, the expert consensus rankings has him around number five or number six. To me, he's locked in as the second best. I think he's the best value on, on uh, DraftKings or FanDuel. Uh, he might be a little bit chalky. He might be a high-owned player, but... I'm going to lock in that workload, uh, whether the game script's good or bad for Los Angeles in this game, he's guaranteed in, into a really good workload uh, in this matchup here. And see it's like I, anytime the Patriots are involved, I, I just don't want to play props when this team is playing because you still know Belichick is going to be a factor. Like what, what is he going to try to take away? Is he going to try to take away Herbert uh, throwing it to Allen? Is he going to try to take away Eckler? Uh, you know, they've been very good against tight ends as well. So maybe Hunter Henry, does he do anything in this game? So all those things point to me. It's like I don't want to play props for any Chargers uh, offensive players just because I don't know what the, the Patriots are going to do to try to scheme against this team here. So um, you look at the other side of the ball. I mean, Jacoby Myers, you know, he, he's definitely come on. He's had one down games since he's been a starter and he's dominating the targets. But I just can't trust Cam Newton throwing the ball uh, on a week to week basis. And this Chargers, uh, you know, their run defense is very bad, but the pass defense is halfway decent. So. Uh, and then there's too many running backs in the backfield for the Patriots to bank on anything in terms of rushing props. So uh, th- that's that's it for me. I can only give out and make sure to play Austin Eckler in DFS this weekend. I think he's underpriced and I think he's a great play. He gives you a great floor and a great ceiling. Other than that, uh, I- I'm just going to stick to what I've been doing, which is avoiding props in-, in New England Patriots games this year. All right. You know what I'll do, Chris? I'll be a goofball. I'll be a wise guy. I'll play Cam Newton over. 191 passing yards only because he's kind of been zigzagging between playing terrible and then well here comes that 300 yard cam newton game it's like well what the hell dude so i'll just go ahead i'll throw a pizza bet on that one for the final bet of the podcast well that'll wrap up the podcast guys that'll wrap up our nfl week 13 money picks pod tons of prop plays for you guys to go ahead and consider we were uh, fast and furious this week ran through everything pretty quick make sure you guys go over to bettingpredators.com chris will have uh, all his articles up, all his final stuff for his DFS and his uh, season-long fantasy stuff. And uh, I'll go ahead and – Chris, he, he conned me into – I wouldn't want to say he conned me into. It was actually quite interesting. He said, why don't you go ahead and go through each game and kind of write up all the touchdown guys. I'm like, you know what, that, that'll be pretty fun. And it'll, it'll force me to go ahead and do some extra work. So uh, I'm probably going to end up doing that for Chris. So make sure you guys go over to bettingpredators.com. Check us out on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at MadJournalist, M-A-D-D, journalist. And find us on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck this Sunday. Enjoy the games. <laughs>